0: owe you an update on our 33-year-old cold case.
1: Yeah, Welcome aboard. We'll get you underway just as
0: quick as we can. Do... Detective Kevin Allen called me and said it was finally time to head back to Florida for what could be the last search for Tiffany Sessions.
1: Uh, once we're underway, uh, our flight time's going to be approximately 2 hours and 55 minutes.
0: Uh... After what had seemed like an eternal wait, the final search site, the spot, was ready to be combed over one last time. This was possibly the biggest chance there'd ever be to find Tiffany's remains, and so I got on a plane and I headed straight for Gainesville.
1: We can do sit back, relax, and enjoy the flight.
0: I'm Haley Holloway, and this is Shallow Graves. give you a little recap because it's been a bit since the last episode. If you'll remember back in 2020, the Alachua County Sheriff's Office down in Gainesville, Florida, was working with a logging company to cut down a 40-acre chunk of woods just outside of the city. Detectives were looking for University of Florida student Tiffany Sessions, who disappeared back in 1989, and they were hoping that these woods, what I've been calling the spot were where the assumed killer, Paul Rolls, had buried Tiffany more than three decades ago. And most of that hope was based on a tip from a witness who had waited 25 years to come forward. She told the sheriff's office and the FBI that she was certain she had seen Tiffany with a man just outside of these woods the night after Tiffany disappeared. It will stay with me forever. I'll never forget this. Um, Even if I had never called, and I would to this day be thinking about her every time that I drove past that curve, who was that girl? What was going on with that girl? You know, why was she running out in the road? And my questioning, was it Tiffany Sessions? When this witness, Terry Williams, came forward in 2013, she told law enforcement every detail of what she had seen all of those years earlier. And that's what planted the seed for one of the biggest physical searches ever done for a missing person.
1: I don't know if he's
0: even, if he killed her there, if he kept her there, if he did it there, if he moved down the road but in my heart, she's between Gainesville and she's on that road somewhere. It's perfect, you know? It's all woods, pick pick a tree, pick a, a little driveway off the side. I mean, there's acres
1: and acres of woods out there.
0: Along with the knowledge from Paul Roll's only known surviving victim, Laura, who said Paul drove her out of town and pulled off into a wooded area, The Alachua County Sheriff's Office and the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children had enough faith in Terry's story that they put together an ops plan that started with cutting down the 40 acres of woods. Once the woods were cleared, Detective Kevin Allen and other Alachua County Sheriff's Office employees started doing line searches through where the trees had been, walking side by side across the site looking at the ground as they walked the entire area, searching for any possible signs Tiffany was buried there. And they didn't find anything then. But that's when we found out this was just phase one of the search, an initial check to see if anything obvious was just laying on the surface.
1: The one thing that was put on hold was to come back after they had started the bedding process. They bring in real heavy equipment, big bulldozers basically, which have 36 inch circular metal blades. And they till the soil by digging those blades uh, deep into the dirt and bringing whatever was three feet in the ground up to the surface.
0: So after all of that work, Detective Allen and the Sheriff's Office had to just wait for the land to be ready to till. And that took more than a year. And then they had to wait for the right conditions to come along. They needed a major rainstorm to come through that could hopefully wash up any evidence or bones that could have been buried the last three decades.
1: When all this comes to the surface, it has a lot of soil in it. I guess soil's kind of dirty or black or dark. So if you wait to a heavy rain, a lot of times arrowheads and other things are found right at the surface.
0: By the time I got to town, this long-awaited rainstorm had just passed, and Detective Allen and a few others from the Alachua County Sheriff's Office had already spent some time walking the site. Once again, they had to go foot by foot, this time searching the newly dug-up flooded earth. But then, Detective Allen told me, COVID hit the Sheriff's Office.
1: COVID has hit our agency pretty hard our lieutenants got it several of our detectives have it so i don't really have the manpower that i had last week so it's uh, quite a challenge
0: so detective allen had to do massive pieces of this ground search in 90 degree florida humidity checking for moccasins while also trying to look for bones alone and the detective literally walked the soles off of his shoes
1: there still could be a bone that we just missed. I mean, some of the train was so rough. I, I found we we're spending a lot of our time just not falling down. It was uh, its pretty soft sand and pretty muddy and other other things out here uh, like snakes and stuff. You have to be really careful. We saw a couple of moccasins in this section in the 40-acre section, and they're pretty
0: aggressive. In the days before I arrived, Detective Allen said they'd had a few finds, a couple of bones that had to be checked out, and some areas of interest, but. Nothing really solid. Now, all that was left was a final stretch of the search, and it was mostly on the detective's shoulders to clear himself and feel comfortable he'd been thorough.
1: So there was one final section that we had not done, and that's the section right off the main entrance, and that's the area that we're going to work on today. But that's a different kind of search because... uh, So
0: in addition to continuing the ground search that day, Detective Allen had brought in some backup. We were going out with a cadaver search dog trained in finding human remains. This way, if we miss something with our eyes, we might have some insurance via this dog's nose. Well,
1: we do have two things we'd like to do. I want to clear the, this 40 acres right here. I've got a few rows to finish there. And then the area that the cadaver dog is going to work on today, I want to walk that also before I'm comfortable saying that we've done everything we could do out here.
0: The detective said I could go out with the cadaver dog and her handler so I could see what that kind of search was like. And while I was out there, I might as well study the ground we were covering, too. And so while we were talking about what that would be like, I was feeling pretty optimistic that if there was something to be seen in these freshly dug trenches, we'd see it. Nevertheless, the amount of dirt to be covered was overwhelming. I mean, is this the biggest missing person's physical search you've ever done?
1: Without a doubt. This is the largest search for human remains that I've ever been involved in. The only thing I could probably compare it to is if you were trying to clear a landfill, you know, where garbage had been dumped for 20 or 30 years. But this, the sheer scope, 40 acres, it's been very exhausting.
0: Have you even heard of something this big for a cold case?
1: Not to my knowledge.
0: I mean, I haven't. And just on this end of it, obviously, you've got a little bit left, but emotionally, how how have you felt during this search?
1: Um, you know, I, I kind of have mixed feelings here. I think I know in my heart, there's a chance this is the last physical search for Tiffany Sessions. So, you know, that's kind of sad. You know, I kind of Hope we find something today, searching this last third of it.
0: I had that same hope. Everyone had been waiting for this moment, for all of the perfect conditions. And this was the best chance at finding something tied to Tiffany. A bone, her watch, clothing, anything that could have survived in this dirt for 30 plus years. So with that hope in our hearts and the hot Florida sun on our backs, we got ready to walk row by row with the dog handler, Judy, and her cadaver dog, Kylie. Hi, hi. Kylie? Kylie. Kylie
1: Kylie Marie Thickpin is her
0: name. Judy, the handler, Kylie, the golden retriever, and I got our instructions from the detective. We were to take on the section of the search site closest to the main road, and even though local news outlets had been allowed to stand outside the search site for a press conference a year before, Detective Allen was as wary of the media as ever, and he wanted to make sure this part of the search was as secretive as usual.
1: Oh, just also, if you get close to County Road Two Twenty Five, we don't want to draw any attention to ourselves. If anyone stops to talk, you know, just act like a couple of tourists, and I'd say, you know, hopefully be done with the camera or stuff if we get, we get close sure. to the area, we could be seen.
0: Okay. The detective decided we should split up. Judy, Kylie, and I were going to head one way, and he was going to walk another chunk of the site by himself. And just in case we found something that he or a bone expert needed to look at, the detective gave us different colored flags to mark what we wanted him to come back and see dirt the dog alerted to, bones, really anything remotely interesting.
1: So basically, if Judy sees any area, uh, if her dog does a full alert, um, I asked her to put down a blue marker. Okay. The orange is if you see a bone. If you think it's something that might be a bone, just don't touch it. And just put that down, and then I'll take a picture of it and send it to the doctor. This
0: talking. is a dumb question, but will I recognize a bone? Like you'll
1: just know it when you see
0: it. I will. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, that's the bottom line. It's almost like uh, you know the biology class and what you really think a bone's going to look like. You know, but it might not be the whole part of the bone. Mm-hmm. You'll see a lot of little pieces of wood, and you just, okay, you know, just if you look at it closely, you'll see inside that it's wood okay. and it's like a twig.
0: And then the detective was off to walk another chunk of the site, looking for the same things we were, and carrying a shovel, both to help with stability and to fend off any more snakes.
1: Okay, so what I'm going to do is start the little track recorder, but it's only going to record where I walk.
0: One, go. Judy started a tracker on her phone, which was programmed to mark our progress and findings with GPS. And then she turned to Kylie to give the command to go find bones. Okay, you ready? Okay, you ready? You ready? Nay poo. Nay poo.
1: So what she's gonna do is she's just gonna, come, you know, they work awfully, and if she shows interest in the spot, I'll st- I'll stay with it for a little while. See if she gives me her trained indication. Down, but sometimes she downs, you know, and really is just, you know, interest. But when she really owns something, she won't leave
0: it. So. It was about this point, maybe 10, 20 minutes into our ground search, that I realized I'd had no idea what I'd signed up for. And I'd been picturing this part of the search all wrong. How much, uh, or how often is the terrain like this? This is kind of different. It's pretty rough, right? Yeah, this is hard to search in. It feels incredibly naive, maybe even dumb of me now, but I'd been picturing a big solid brown canvas of dirt with trenches neatly dug up in line so that we could walk through, finally able to see something on top of the earth that could tie back to Tiffany. But instead, I found pockets of quicksand that kept sucking my shoes off and hiding who knows what else beneath. There were vines and broken sticks and bushes coming out of the ground in every direction, tearing through my clothes and cutting through my skin. The whole site was a mess of jagged roots and chubs and branches and shells and mushrooms and rocks and trash and a hundred different things sticking out of the ground in every square foot, for 40 acres. It was nearly impossible to walk while trying to differentiate between each of the tiny, mud-drenched bumps in the ground and process whether it was anything important. And somewhere in between my many stumbles into the trenches, it hit me that even if Tiffany was out here, it was more likely we'd miss any tiny clue of her than it was that we'd find it.
1: If you just kinda walk toward the end of the rows on a different road than me.
0: Okay. this part of the ground search wasn't all hopeless though. And as Judy and I trudged through the muddy trenches row by row, we'd stop every now and then and call the other over to look at something in the mud. I I was there. Oh, see those blue things no, right there. hour fifty five glass complete right here sometimes it was roots or sticks and sometimes we couldn't tell what we were looking at but we knew it was worth further investigation and so we'd mark it using the flags detective allen had given me and a few times kylie indicated that she might be onto something which was incredibly exciting to me does that ever mean anything okay
1: i'll just let them dig in something like this because really what we want to
0: do is find I felt like i was watching the end of some scripted crime show where the pieces were finally coming together they'd gotten the right detective the witness had come forward they dug up a forest and that led to a dog finding the victim this could really be it and every time kylie would dig or obsess over one spot in the dirt I think we'd found something really important. I'd ask Judy, what is she indicating? Should I call Detective Allen? That looks promising, right? But Judy knew her dog much better than I did. And each time she'd stand pretty far away to give Kylie the space she needed to really investigate an area while trying not to give off any emotions the dog might pick up on.
1: So when they're doing something like this, it's really hard not to like get your adrenaline going, mm-hmm. even though you know it's probably nothing because they pick up on that. Mm-hmm. And they'll do a, you know, they'll give you a false alert. Good girl, especially when they're already tired. Ultimately they're dogs and they, all the odors out here they have to process and are trained to alert on a specific odor. Um, I'll probably mark that one so that Kevin can
0: tell. One there, cause she dug there
1: and one on the other
0: side over there where she is. Right here? Yes. And then we were off to the next scent pool, following Kylie in her nose, getting sucked down into the quicksand and doing our best to stare at the ground and decipher these dirty emerging bumps. The whole time I was praying Kylie's nose would sniff out anything my untrained eyes had possibly missed. And I kept waiting for the next signs she was onto something. And then toward the end of our rows, I stumbled across something that Kylie didn't care about, but I felt was the first thing I'd seen all day that looked like it could be 30 years old. And I'd almost missed it because it seemed to be almost disintegrated and spread out through some pretty deep mud. There? Here. You see it? i see it. Judy and I crouched down in the trench and stared as hard as we could at this two-inch spot of dirt while tamping down the urge to touch what looked like really old buried yarn. Some more. See it's just covered in dirt. It's tatters. As we studied it, almost colorless from the dirt or age, we went through what I've learned is a common cold case roller coaster. It, I mean, it's like a s- sweater, knitted sweater type situation, or like I'm trying to think of what else yarn would be for. There was an initial surge from not finding anything that made sense to finding this first possibility, a rush of high hopes, of potential then straight to doubt and the realization that the odds were not anywhere close to being in our favor, and then back again. And as we studied this yarn, trying to distinguish it from dirt it was buried in, we talked ourselves in and out of the likelihood that these tiny frayed fibers might matter at all. She had on a sweatshirt, I think, but... Yeah. That's, you know, who knows what it really was. If the tip that brought us out here is right, it was the day after she disappeared. It would have been 24 hours, so she might not have even been wearing what She left it, you know. He could have put her in something else. And then, continuing on, one of the more frustrating parts of searching. We just marked it and walked away, leaving it for someone else to go back and look at. And I don't mean this was frustrating because I think I could have done any type of further investigating or solved some piece of this puzzle. I just mean that every time this happened, I found myself so fully invested in things like these barely there shreds of yarn that it was actually difficult for me to walk away and keep looking with fresh eyes because most of my brain was stuck back by the yarn screaming hi this is the only thing we found shouldn't we stop and dig and figure out what else could be over here but i learned that's not how it works
1: so haley how was
0: your first experience with cadaver dogs
1: it's fascinating this is really fun too
0: after a couple of hours, Judy, Kylie, and I met back up with Detective Allen. I was saying it's actually really hard to navigate where you're walking. Um, I'm having a hard time even remembering to look for anything.
1: And the terrain. I don't know about over there, but this is so thick. I mean, it just... Uh, that's why I liked the idea of Judy coming in behind the line search. Yeah.
0: Well, it really now puts in for Judy. G- perspective how much it is just trying to find a needle in a haystack. We took the detective to all of his orange and blue flags, probably just shy of a dozen in all, and we'd explain why we'd marked them and how Kylie had acted at each spot. We have one area, she'll tell you, but there's an area back there we've tried her twice over there, and she digs and digs and digs. The pants, I think their pants are really easy to see, but then the yarn stuff is like, you can see it's all through the dirt and then it comes out on the side over here.
1: Okay.
0: And down in here.
1: Did the dog do anything here? No. Okay.
0: And obviously it's not the kind of clothes that we're looking for, but... Good to know. Once we'd gone over all of our flags and described Kylie's signs with the detective, our little group headed back to where we'd started for shade and water. I don't know how you've done this as many days as you have. You do what you gotta do. (laughs) Wow. Are you walking in the trench?
1: No, up high. Up high. Yeah. I think it's easier to see more up high. Yeah. But sometimes it's just so rough. You just gotta walk around it. I mean, the chances of, of actually seeing anything...
0: Well, that's kind of what I've learned today, is that you can walk next to each other and still miss yep. something. And You can be
1: this close yeah. with a team with for a line search. That's well, why I like the idea of the dogs coming in behind us.
0: Yeah, I think that that definitely makes sense. And it, um, it she made the point, yeah, the rain could have washed stuff up, but it also could have Pushed made it further, it down, further sure. down. That's why
1: Charlie said uh, a really hard uh-huh. rain like, you know, a day or two rain where yeah. streets are flooded out. Yeah. So. But he also said in two weeks, this is going to be so green oh, that really? you won't be able to see anything. So huh. that's why I took advantage of the first rainstorm. So if we have another big one,
0: mm-hmm. it would be what are you self-suicide, gonna do <laughs> but I'd probably come back out of here. You're kidding. <laughs> Just so you don't have to wonder? I don't know. I'd, I'd have to play it by ear. Eventually it was time for me to pack up and head for the airport to catch my flight back home. And I couldn't hide my disappointment. And I don't think that that was because we didn't find something of Tiffany's. I think it was because of this realization that searches like this that seem like they're perfect are still virtually impossible. That people can literally move the earth, wait for perfect conditions, have help, have dogs, and still not be able to really examine thoroughly. Still easily be able to miss the exact thing they're looking for. And so as I got ready to leave, I was feeling pretty hopeless. For Tiffany's case, for her family, for detectives, really for anyone tasked with searching the ends of the earth, praying to find a piece of a puzzle that some serial killer just didn't hide well enough. Because, It suddenly seemed to me like a swamp could hold a million secrets and never have to give up one. Can Tiffany's case ever be solved?
1: In my opinion, it's solved. Uh, I am 99.9% sure Paul Rolls is responsible for the death of Tiffany Sessions, for the murder of Tiffany Sessions. He's already shown that He has killed other 20-year-old college students and he's disposed of at least one in a shallow grave is the bottom line. We can't close it formally until we find her body. It would be great if we could link Paul Rolls by physical evidence to the crime scene but that likelihood is slim and not none but you know as the years pass, there's probably less and less left of the remains so the lower probability of finding her
0: well yeah we're sitting in the middle of this mess i've never seen something of this size to find so especially for a 30 something year old case you guys are going to the extremes to find her and yet she still can't be found so is it possible to find her out here in gainesville florida this in the swamps
1: Anything's possible Haley Uh, That's perhaps the most frustrating part of any search for a long-term missing person that involves an excavation I remember when we run that excavation in 2014 and the operator said why are we stopping here? You know, why don't we go another 50 feet in that direction and that's that's always the big question You know if we have good enough reason to be here why don't we go explore the additional 20,000 acres here you know where do you stop so, you could
0: search the ends of the earth
1: yes and not find anything i always think of the parents when i think of tiffany's case i think they have a form of closure with paul rolls and i think they're very comfortable with that And hillary and pat would like to bring her remains home of course but i just no longer highly positive that's ever going to happen.
0: And would you be comfortable moving on? Well,
1: moving on for me is just prioritizing other investigations, which I do anyway all the time. Tiffany's case took about 80% of my attention the first year or two I was here, but I will continue to investigate any lead that comes in on Tiffany.
0: So, if you wrap this up, and she's not here, where is she?
1: I don't know. I think your guess is about as good as mine, Ailey.
0: Will you keep looking?
1: Oh, of course. As long as I'm here, I'm going to do everything I can to find those answers for Pat and Hiller.
0: Once again, I was pretty positive this was the end of this story for me. The parents and the sheriff's office felt really solid in this connection between Tiffany Sessions and Paul Rolls, and they'd gone above and beyond to search the last known place he might have buried her. No significant physical evidence had been found throughout the years of this chapter of the search. It seemed to me that all of the remaining loose ends were tied up, but once again, I learned that's not how cold cases work. And just when you think, all of the doors are closed. Have you gotten any tips on Tiffany in the last year?
1: Yes, I constantly get tips on Tiffany's case. And usually it's kind of the same old stuff. Have you thought about, you know, excavating the area on her walking route where they were building an apartment complex and it but sometimes it's useful information one tip i found very interesting was someone said they saw uh, what appeared to be like an ice cream truck close to Williston Road near I-75, and thought they saw a woman grabbed and pulled into that ice cream truck. And this witness had observed this, she said in 1989, and that she had called our agency in 1989, but never got a call back. So uh, that's why media coverage is so important for cold cases because a witness who doesn't know that they're a witness or not sure they're a witness, if they don't get positive feedback, from their initial phone call, they might just say, oh, it wasn't meant to be or it probably didn't mean anything. But there was some local television coverage of Tiffany's case, and this witness, just like our witness on this case, came forward again a second time and then talked to the right person, and then I entertained what she had to say, which uh, probably uh, could or would be a different suspect.
0: Are you considering that there could be a different suspect? I
1: think in any homicide case, you have to leave all your options open. You can't come to any preconceived conclusion is the bottom line, so I've shared that information with VICAP to see if there are any similar type crimes or similar M.O.s in this area or in the United States. And that's being researched right now.
0: Interesting.
1: You never know. Haley.
0: You're still getting voicemails with questions about these cases for an upcoming episode where I can finally address the whole series up through this point. So make sure you're subscribed and you can call and leave me your comments and questions at 352-559-5007 or shoot me an email at shallowgravespodcast at gmail.com. I'll be uploading pictures and videos from this latest part of the search on Instagram at shallowgravespodcast. Music for this episode is by Mark at Lineout Studio.